Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much, man. It seems like it's been a while since we recorded. Like, you know, so much stuff is, it seems like so much stuff is happening. Like, we got a war in in the Ukraine that's going on. We got celebrities being slapped on live TV. (laughs) So, um... (laughs) It just it feels like everything has just changed over and not in a good way since we were last on the on our podcast. So maybe we do more of these podcasts like the world can avert disaster or something because uh, <laughs> this isn't the world that we left it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wars, you know, celebrities getting slapped, people jumping off the Bulls bandwagon. actually with the whole entire thing with the slap i was um i know we were slated to like have our recording um i think it was like the week after that happened and that was going to be my lead-in question to you uh like when was the last time you felt like slapping somebody um (laughs) uh, the last time i felt like slapping somebody was um around this time last year uh, looking at this Bulls roster and you know, looking at <laughs> looking at so many holes that I felt um, would never be able to be filled in this roster, but and it's kind of funny looking at this year as opposed to last year and looking at so many people get upset and not really taking stock of like what this team was last year, like. Um, as as frustrated as I have been with certain things around this team, I haven't felt I haven't had that same level of like violent thoughts <laughs> 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 watching this roster. I don't know about you. I don't know. See, I feel like slapping the people that uh, are constantly calling us frauds. So I, I have that that violent thought every time I see that because. I don't understand how you're calling the team that was 11th in the East last year, and now they're six going into the playoffs in their very first season with this roster where most players don't even have playoff experience at all. You can't call them frauds. Yeah, I mean, you know, what happens is winning kind of like creates the narrative for people um, to determine whether they believe in something or not. Like I was, um, it, it was funny just looking at this thing with um, how Zach Levine has been doing and, you know, with the contract situation going on for next year, um, I caught a glimpse of that somebody had posted that uh, this, I think it was either, yeah, it was last year's Zach Levine versus this year's Devin Booker. And like the stats were so ridiculously similar but you know they went to the championship last year and we know what this Bulls team was doing they were struggling to make the play-in but we see how like a person like Devin Booker like a lot of people were talking about how he 
looks like he should be in the MVP running, which is kind of crazy to me, given what's happening um, with Jokic and Embiid and Giannis. But it's just funny, like how, um, you know, winning will, will totally change people's perspective and create this narrative that it really doesn't fully exist in reality. And um, looking at this Bulls team, you, you can't just dismiss what happened earlier on in this year, how this team was rolling uh, when it had a healthy Caruso and when it had a healthy Lonzo Ball. Um, and all of us were just thinking if they just had P-Will, like that would help solidify what, what this team could have really been. And it's not saying that like they're 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 so much worse right now, but you know the reality is that we we don't have those two main parts of Caruso and Ball healthy, and of course also Zach Levine isn't healthy too. Um, so people are going to come up with their own thoughts and and feelings on the, the subject, but uh, this Bulls team has thoroughly surpassed what people thought about them. Uh, from the beginning of the year and and actually what people thought that they could be before the year even started. So to call us frauds and when we're, I mean, we're like, how many, we're five games away from a 50 win season, you know, um, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good turnaround. Definitely. Um, and we have two very winnable games where we could be finish the season three games away from 50s. Yes. So, yeah, the, the whole fraud narrative, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, it takes time for a team to gel and get chemistry, um, especially a young team where the majority of this team are young guys and they've never been before. Um, you, got, you got a couple of guys have about a handful that had playoff experience in Vucevic, which isn't deep playoff experience. Um, and you got Caruso and DeRozan. Like, that's pretty much the, everybody on this roster that has playoff experience before what they're about to get this year. And, you know, we ha- like you say, we haven't been healthy the whole season for the team to fully gel and build chemistry. Um, missed Caruso like half the season. Um, P. Wills missed with like 70 games. Um, Lonzo's been gone for the back half. And then Zach, his knee's been messed up, uh, I think like right before the All-Star break. So that's pretty much half the season where he's playing on a bad knee. Yeah, when you look at Zach, you can tell like he's he's not nearly as explosive the player that we're used to seeing him be. Like I was, I remember watching them um, against Cleveland, and it was like so obvious to anybody who's seen his game. Um, and it, you know, it kind of reminded me when um, Cleveland was going up against the. Um, it was the. Um, Warriors and Steph wasn't healthy, and it was obvious that Steph was wasn't healthy because he couldn't he couldn't get past Kevin Love. Um, Kevin Love's not known for having great lateral 
quickness. But you could see that Steph had a hard time just getting past him. And it, it reminded me, um, it, ma- it made me think about this Bulls team when I saw Zach Levine, and he was struggling again to turn the corner against who else but Kevin Love. Um, and anybody who knows his game uh, knows that, that that's just not, that, that's such a big part of his offensive of game. And it's not that he doesn't have more to offer um, because he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. But when you don't have that facet of your game and it's something that, you know, has been a, a big part of your career up until this point, and then asking him to just totally be able to change his game around um, in the middle of the season, in a season that also had him with that hand injury, you know, it, it's problematic to, to ask him to do much more than what he's doing, to say the least. And by the way, he's still having a really good year. <laughs> he, he really is. I mean, it, it, it's like a, a, a subpar year for Zach is like a great year for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what do you want him to have to go out there and prove? Like, he's capable of being a winning player. It's just that he's played on some god-awful teams for the the his entire career. Like, I can't say most of his career. His entire career up until this point has just been, you know, leveled with terrible players or guys who never reached, you know, the nearly the accolades that we thought that they would – um, make in their years of, of being in a bullish uniform. Um, you know, I, people need to like really take stock that um, a big plan of the Bulls turnaround at some point was Denzel Valentine being a key contributor. And yeah, <laughs> that didn't work out very well. <laughs> so yeah, like he he's just he's just been dealt like a really bad blow um, as far as the level of, of teammates that he's had to play with. But I think that his game pretty much speaks for itself. Like if you want to come out and call any team a fraud, then uh, no other team like fits that label than the um, the Los Angeles Lakers. Like how many playoff um, battle tested veterans do you have on that team that? So many people were just saying, oh, look, you know, they had won a championship of the, the year pre- previous and were able to just run roughshod through the whole entire um, uh, championship. So, yeah, if you want to label any team a fraud, then you place that at the Lakers feet. Don't don't put that on this Bulls team that really showed a lot of promise throughout a large part of the year and still has a chance to do something you know, somewhat special um, in this playoffs because when we know that when the playoffs come, it's a totally different animal. So it's up for who who really wants it more. So they still have an opportunity to, uh, you know, make some noise. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, especially the um, the Lakers fraud thing. Um, the funniest thing is everything that the media said about us before the season started is what happened to the Lakers. <laughs> That's true. You know, this team, um, they may be fighting for a play-in spot. They not even make the play-ins. Lakers didn't make the play-ins. They're going home. 
they said DeMar DeRozan was the worst off-season signing when it happens to be Russell Westbrook. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like it when you said that, like that's why like that that um spontaneous burst of laughter came out because you know, I knew like exactly what you're talking about is true. Like every single thing that was supposed to be promised to us as far as, you know, <laughs> oh, this team will be fortunate enough to uh, win 30 games. Uh, yeah. I, I, people need to take a backseat and really look at what, how the media was shaping what this Bulls team was capable of. And, you know, that really just showed me, um, at least from the outside looking in, that a lot of the guys who cover teams in the media have absolutely no idea um, other than the team that they might cover, they don't really understand the landscape of the league and understand the um, the level of good quality players that are out there and how if they're put in certain situations to succeed, then then um, they can be key contributors to turning uh, a franchise around. Like when you looked at um, DeRozan, DeRozan's um, – experience and what he's accomplished should have spoken for himself like yeah if you really looked at that him going to any team would be a plus especially a bulls team that struggled to find someone to compliment um levine um looking at uh, caruso's level of uh, of defensive impact like if you really were looking at what he was doing on those lakers team and really analyzing it then it it shouldn't have been a shock to anybody uh, to see the impact that he could possibly have, um, not being a starter, but just a key contributor off of the bench, uh, being able to have him guard multiple multiple players. Uh, Lonzo Ball, um, his defense spoke for itself. Um, you know, he was known around the league as, as one of the best defenders, uh, on-ball defenders that were in the league at that particular moment. And um, just... Going from the, the the taking a step back and and seeing what this Bulls team had been lacking for a long time was just quality point guard play, um, and we all said, hey, if they were able to get themselves a quality point guard, that would really take the the stress off of Zach having to make so many decisions uh, with the ball in his hands and trying to get other teammates involved, and and having somebody who can set up other people without actually taking shots away from Levine, all of those um, different parts should have spoken to everybody who had half a brain and saying, hey, look, if the Bulls were able to solve those problems, which were their problems for quite a long time, they should have been a playoff team. Even if they didn't know what they were getting from Patrick Williams coming, going into his second year. But you know, this it just tells me that a lot of people don't really follow what's going on around the league. No, man, they're they're casuals. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, um, you know, just like this whole, well, you know, the Bulls. I've seen this from so many people. Where the Bulls, we have we we're, we're playing bad now, so we're just going to get swept going into the playoffs. No, it's not a guarantee that you get swept the playoffs 
just because you you struggled against these teams in a regular season. Like um, Stacey King told the story of the 92 Bulls. They lost every regular season game against the Knicks, but then beat them in the playoffs and won championship. The playoffs yeah. is a whole different game. And when the playoffs starts, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. It does not matter if we went 0-4 in the regular season. This is the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, anybody who shows up on any given night has a chance to win. These are professional athletes, and they are professional athletes who have a lot of pride. I remember, um, I think it was that, uh, it was like a 70-win Sonics team that faced off against um, the Denver Nuggets, I think. It was one particular year um, where they, you know, Dikembe was on that team. I forget who the starting point guard was, but they lost. That was my point, you know. That yeah, was the um they were the Nuggets were the eighth seed and the Suns were number one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally shocked everybody. Everybody was like, oh, you know, that's it, Seattle's just gonna waltz through that team, and it didn't happen. Um, you pointed out what happened with that '92 Bulls team. But also, a lot of people forget that last um, championship that the Bulls won, they struggled against Utah Yeah, that year. I think they lost every game <clears throat> um, that they faced against Utah that particular year going into uh, facing them in the, uh, in the championships in that 98-year um, um, championship, that last year of their run. And um, that whole entire regular season thing, it, you know, it's funny. People will say that the regular season doesn't mean anything and that it's playoffs that count. But now when the Bulls are going into the playoffs, it's like, oh, no, the regular season counts. <laughs> well, you can't have it both ways. You got to pick a side. Right. Um, and then it's a whole different thing because, you know, you're playing as a team a guaranteed four straight times. So you can prepare for a, a team. You you can make adjustments from game to game because you know what happened last game that you played against them because it's fresh because you know that that right there is your only competition to get to the next level of the play. So, you know, you can game plan and with the Bulls um, getting like the sixth seed, they'll, they'll know who who they're going to play in advance to start practicing and running plays and setting game plans for their matchups. Unlike, you know, the top uh, two seeds that have to wait for the play-ins to see who they're going to play. Yeah, uh, definitely. When you have that and you can focus on one team um, at a time, that's a, a definite advantage. It's not an advantage over, um, any particular team, but it's just an advantage in knowing that, oh, hey, I'm going to face this team. I don't have to game plan for uh, multiple teams within like a regular week's time. Um, so that's definitely a, a key point that you brought out. Uh, another thing is that this is opportunity time. Um, you know, when the San Antonio Spurs, and again, we're talking about teams that have won the championship, and I'm not saying that <clears throat> this current roster of the Bulls is is going to win a championship this year, 
But what I am saying is that when you have these this exposure in the playoffs, it is opportunity time. People forget that when the San Antonio Spurs, when they faced off against the Miami Heat and winning their, I think it was their last championship uh, before Duncan and um, Ginobili and, and um, Parker, it was like that last championship run of theirs. And they had, um, I think it was, yeah, they had Kawhi Leonard on there. And they were facing this Heat team that they had lost to previously. But you had Kawhi. And at this particular point, I remember in that series, because, you know, the Miami Heat, you know, is a big time thing in South Florida. And I'm still in Florida, but just not in South Florida. But um, I remember uh, um, Popovich going up to Leonard, uh, who wasn't considered the best guy he wasn't the second best guy he wasn't the third best option that they had on the team this was their fourth option and i remember pops going up to him and saying during that series hey look we need you to really raise your level of play um and it presented that opportunity for Kawhi to go out there and prove to basically the world that he was capable of not only you know, going up against the likes of a LeBron James team, but having like a very um, significant role on that team winning a championship. It was an opportunity for him to elevate his game and step up. And that's why I look at this Bulls team, you know, everything that they've done in the regular season, now it comes down to basically nothing because you're pretty much looking at the fact that you're going to be that six seed is at least I think that they're slotted in as that six seed, but um, you know, you got P will back. This is that opportunity for guys who haven't, you know, who missed a significant amount of time, like P will to really cement himself on this, you know, in the league and, and just take that time to actually, uh, elevate his game. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, anytime that these young guys are able to get that opportunity to get into the playoffs, see what the action is like, is um, is pretty significant for their career. And plus, this whole entire year, has it's been a long time since we've seen a Chicago Bulls home team be as loud and electric and as exciting as they have been. Um in a very long time, it's going to be great looking and watching that atmosphere um, at home, just feeling that electricity um, throughout the game. So I'm, I'm just excited for this team and being able to uh, have this opportunity right now. Yeah. Um, no, the, the goal was making the playoffs and they've accomplished that goal. Now it's to, get experience in the playoffs. I mean, realistically, nobody hey, we put this team together. It's their first year. Let's win the championship. That that's not how the NBA works. That's not how building the championship team works. Like for instance, Philadelphia, how long were they so bad that every year they were taking draft picks? Yeah, and they got Embiid, and they say, "Hey, trust the process. Trust the process." Now they're a good team, 
but they're still not a championship team. And yeah. that's and that's still been years. So to go from eleventh to bypassing the play ins and the eighth seed and jumping straight into the playoffs in the first year of this team being put together when it's still not a complete roster because you no know, AK and uh Marker still gonna tinker and try to make this team even better. It, it's I don't see how anyone could take this season as anything but successful for the Bulls. And now they get to go into the playoffs. Um, you know, Zach, Kobe, Pat, Io, the, this their first time being in the playoffs. They get that experience, that playoff atmosphere. And it's going to make them want to get back there. It's going to make them want to go further. I mean, it this season has just been a complete win, especially with all of the injuries, um, issues. And, you know, it, it's when that the Bulls are finally back in the playoffs after four long Jim Boylan led years. <laughs> Hello, here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I it, like it went blank for just like a like a two second time span. But yeah, you made like a great point. Like especially like the point that you brought out with um, the Philadelphia 76ers. Like there's been so much upheaval with that team, roster turnover, uh, going from just like. Um, um, it was uh, Brown that they had as their coach who was taking them through those rough patches, then getting like a championship level coach in Doc Rivers. For them going from star to star to star, like they had Jimmy Butler and then they, you know, got rid of um, and they had um, uh, Ben Simmons also. And then to like get rid of those guys and bring other guys in and you even have James Harden on your team and it's still not sure if that is a championship level um contending team like it that's an excellent point by you just you know it takes time it takes tinkering it's not like this isn't pudding where you just you know add water and mix you know it's it's not the way it works in in the real world when you're trying to build something and not just like win the championship but build something that is sustainable and that's the the great thing that I'm seeing from this Bulls team, um, that the management is not complacent. You know, they're going to tinker with the roster, see what works, see um, who can work the best around the stars that they have. They've done an incredible job of drafting players with um, Patrick Williams and who is not even scratching the surface, I believe, of what he can be. And, um, landing AO in the second round when everybody thought that this was going to be a waste pick uh, for this um, last year's um, draft. Um, they've done a, a, an incredible job of just adding talent. And even with the talent that they added this year, um, we haven't quite seen how those players, if they were relegated to their normal normal time of like just 
having like maybe 15 to 20 minutes per game. Like you had Javante who was getting starters minutes, but like seeing what he could do in like a short burst and have that strong impact as opposed to him playing a long minutes over a continuous uh, season. Like we haven't seen what that really looks like. We haven't seen what it will look like once this team starts to add a little bit more athleticism and more shooting. Um, you know, it's not a finished product by any means. And, you know, I'm I'm excited for what the future of this team has. Definitely. Um, I think, yeah, one of the things we need to do is get some more three-point shooters. Um, the Blues are, like, very good efficiency on their threes. They just take the least amount of them. Yes. And when you had when you are taking um, Lonzo Ball, who was shooting the ball, like, extremely well, like, you, anytime you take a guy off your team who is shooting the three-pointers, you know, at a 40% or higher clip, that's going to be huge. You know, once like six or seven attempts a game. Yeah. Um, And so if you're thinking about the fact that they they were not shooting the three point ball uh, poorly, it's just that, you know, they're not taking a whole lot of attempts, but you're taking that facet off of the off of the court, which is also having an impact on Vooch being able to establish himself down low, which has an effect on DeMar and Levine being able to work around the perimeter. Like it, it's all something that has to balance itself out for us to see what the full outcome is going to be. Right. Um, and just like, um, you no, know, Io and you no know, P will like turning down these open threes. Um, I mean, you got, Missed like 70 games. He's just coming back and getting his legs under him. Io's a rookie. Um, seems kind of be in the rookie wall stage of his rookie year. So you can't really fault. You just want them to be more aggressive in the future. And hopefully, you know, in the playoffs, they'll kind of see like, hey, take this shot. Because if I don't take this shot, they're going to collapse on Zach and Damar. And we're going to have the empty possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you were really able to see what how teams were game planning going forward once they realized that hey, you know, the Bulls don't have a whole lot of guys on their bench or even starting wise who are going to be able to knock down those three point shots. Um, it really truly had an effect. You weren't seeing the. Um, the same level of room that DeMar was able to operate with along with Zach too. Um, and once the Bulls like take care of just adding that element to their roster, you know, it's, it's going to be lights out for the rest of the league. Yep. And then, you know, the helps open up the post for Vooch uh, where he's definitely more efficient at. Because um, Vooch's been getting a lot of hate this year. <laughs> Yes, yes, he has. <laughs> I mean, you came into the Discord just <laughs> just throwing it at Booch. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of it playful. You know, some of it 
in truth, but a lot of it playful. I didn't want anybody to think that I was like being serious. I was like just trying to like lighten the load because I just saw so many people just coming down hard. But there are different things that did frustrate me with this Bulls team where they kind of got away from. And to me, a lot of it just had to do with common sense, you know, um, establishing Vooch early, which is something that I feel like would help alleviate, not solve all of the offensive um, concerns that this team has, but just help alleviate some of those things that they have been struggling with would just be having him get in the low post. And then it, it was like either failing to establish that or when he has established that and a team has shown that they can't really um, stop him like going away from that. Like I've never understood the, oh, hey, this is working for us. Let's stop doing it. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it's like being a teacher. I see this all the time. Because there are different strategies, like, you know, with me teaching math, I, th there are various strategies in order for you to get to a right answer. And um, I would always tell my students, hey, pick something that works for you. And then they find that strategy that after working through, oh, hey, um, I like this one, but this other one it was really working the best for me. I can't tell you how frustrating it is to watch a student thoroughly prepare using a particular strategy and then comes to the test, uh, you know what, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, how are you setting yourself up for success? And from afar, and maybe it's, it's harder in game to just take notice of with players with so much action going on, but from afar, a lot of their offensive uh, issues seem like they could be easily addressed by just going back to the basics of establishing themselves in the post. And it didn't always have to be Vooch in the post. It could be Ben Damar in the post. One of the things that I saw, which rarely happened this year, was a couple of plays where they put Zach Levine in the post. Um, and why not? Because you have a guy who's 6'6", possibly six foot seven with that athleticism. It's not like there are a lot of guards who are his size that have also his strength to go along with it. So just like recognizing those opportunity is, is going to be the next step in this Bulls team as it continues to evolve. Yeah. To your point, um, I mean, I have seen so many times like where a team – they'll run a pick and roll to get a certain switch and it will work. And then they come down the next time and they'll run that same play to get that same switch again. And it works. And they just keep going back to that play the entire game because they know they're pretty much guaranteed to get a basket running that play. We don't do that, especially not with going to Vooch in the post when he has that matchup to where he's taking advantage of it. Yeah, like, and part of that is also on Vooch because there's too many times where he will fight for position and he will have a smaller player on him. And then for whatever reason, he just throws it back out. And yeah. I'm like, you have, like, there was one, I'm trying to think of the player that he had on him. I, I don't know if it was like, 
maybe Patrick Beverly or it was some kind of like just like comparing that player to Vooch, it was like watching like an elephant go up against a mouse. And Vooch had the advantage of him and he just quickly threw it back out. And I was like, what in the world are you doing? You're a big man. And, it, you know, that was one of those moments. Wasn't like, um, was it something that came up often, but it took me back to my Will Smith moment where I was like, <laughs> nope, kind of feel like slapping somebody here. Um, you know, just recognizing that you had that advantage and recognizing within yourself that you are more than capable of taking this person to the woodshed. Um, and, and there's too many times where I would look at Vooch and look at his game where it feels like he is a six foot three guard trying to post somebody up instead of just realizing, oh, hey, I'm six foot ten. Um, there were plenty of times watching him versus um, Milwaukee where it just I know that um, what's the name of that center that they have? Um Lopez. Yeah, Brooke Lopez. There, I know that Brooke Lopez is a solid seven-footer and that he's a big dude, but there there were times where Brooke Lopez made Vooch look like Shaq or like like Shaq was trying to guard um like um Spud Webb. You know, they, they, like it just it didn't look right. <laughs> Um, and like, there's plenty of times where like Vooch was getting in the poach and just kind of like sheepishly, like pushing his shot towards the basket, just kind of like praying that it would go in instead of just going up strong, like playing like a guy who is six foot 10. I talked about this with you before where I was like, Vooch needs to learn how to play bigger than his size is sometimes when he's going up against bigger players and it was something that I kind of just noticed with um, Lori and Wendell when they were here, when they were going up against guys, and maybe that guy was bigger than them or stronger than them, but and they would just sheepishly attack the basket instead of just realizing, oh, hey, I'm a pretty tall person too. I have some strength. I can actually accomplish something on an offensive standpoint against that person. So that's an, another thing that, you know, I would like, crazy enough, I would like for Vooch to have the same level of confidence that Valentine did when he was here. <laughs> like, does that make sense? Like, Yeah, it, it makes sense. So, yeah, that's all. Like, the, there were those facets where I'm like, dude, get out of your own head. You can do this. You know, um, I would I would like to see more of that with the opportunity of being in the playoffs and with everything being ratcheted up. I'd like to see more of that type of mentality from Vooch instead of just being, you know, kind of sheepish and not not demanding um, him getting opportunities in the post. Yeah, I think he has to stop rushing. Yes, um, that's another thing. Yeah, because uh, like you said, where he would get the ball after he's established position and he's passing it right back out, it's because he sees the double team coming, but he doesn't let it fully come. 
So he's passing the ball out very quickly to avoid the double team. And you're passing it to, like, Io, And Io's like, uh, I don't know if I shoot this. Where if he could have waited maybe a couple seconds, let the double team establish, maybe somebody like DeMar or Javante cuts to the basket and he could just make a simple, like, bounce pass to him. Yes. Um, same exact feeling. Like just slow your game down. Um, because he's he can't he's he can be efficient. You know, at 18 and, and 10 is nothing to like just look at and be like, oh, well, that doesn't really mean anything. Like I, I see people on the other side who are like, oh, look at what Wendell's averaging, and <laughs> oh. You know, he's he's look how much better that he is. No, like if this team right now had to rely on Wendell Carter to do what Vooch did this year or just ask him to come close to matching Vooch's production, I don't think that this is a playoff team as it stands currently. Um, (laughs) yeah, so. That's the one thing I just I wish he would just like realize there are times where it, it just feels like he feels like he doesn't quite belong on the same team, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um Yeah, it, it, it's and it's crazy because I've seen people who are like, uh, oh, we should have kept Wendell and he he's having a great year over there in Orlando, and he's his stats are worse than Vooch's. Like Vooch is averaging more points, more rebounds, shooting better. Wendell was not the answer for us. He, no, he's having a a great year in Orlando, who is not doing anything. Um. Like they're 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 twenty one and sixty. <laughs> that used to be us, <laughs> right? Like we do not need Wendell. <laughs> he he would not be a better option than Vooch. Um, it it <laughs> like I I just don't understand that one. Uh, Vooch is averaging a double double. And at eighteen and eleven, like that's great for a third option. Yeah, um, and like I said, when you have, like, if you're gonna have that, you you do like going back to that. You need to have those three point shooters around, and when you don't have that. And you're one guy who was really solid this year at shooting the three is out for the year. Um, that really puts a lot of burden on Vooch's shoulders. And one of the things that I don't think that people quite understood with Vooch this year was how much of a, a burden that he had to face. When you don't ha- when you're the only big man and the team is already undersized because of the injuries that they had and you don't have like a, a, a true power forward playing next to you. Um, that, that, that places a lot of pressure on a guy who 
was not known for being a great defender um, throughout his career. Not to say that he was a bad defender because Vooch isn't terrible. But, um, you know, it, it just pushes so much of a burden on his shoulders where you're expecting him to do certain things where it's like he was never that type of player to be able to do all of the things that you would need to do to hide the lack of uh, size that this team had um, throughout the year. Like not having a player like P. Will there who can not only rebound but can take on multiple um, positions to defend and just that athleticism. Like it's it's totally different when Vooch has the ball and a team goes to double and you have a guy like Williams who can attack the basket versus a Javante attacking the basket. Um, and I, I think, again, it, it's really a shame that happened with, with Williams with his injury because we didn't get a chance to see that facet of both of their games going in and how they could really feed off of each other. Um, but, again, it's a, a new year, basically, with the start of the playoffs. So we do have a good amount of stuff to look forward to. Yep, totally agree. Um, we have the Hornets tonight. Uh, Zach Levine is playing. Alex Caruso is out. And Gordon Haywood is out for the Hornets. See, that I don't get. Like, why is Zach still playing? Like, is there anything that we – like, I understand that we're trying to get that maybe the fifth seed, but like, is there that, who, who would we face if we're the fifth versus who, who would we face if we're the sixth? Um, you know that any chance? Right, right now at six, we play Boston. Boston. Okay. At fifth, we would play the Sixers. Okay. So do we even want the fifth seed? Um, see what? I think even that, even who's fourth is, I think that's still, like, undecided. I know to get the fifth seed, we have to win out and the Raptors have to lose out. So you're saying that if we get the fifth seed, we'll have to face Philadelphia? As of right now, yes. Yeah, see, I don't think that that's a good matchup for them. I think that going up against the... um the Celtics would be a better matchup considering that they're missing their starting center. I think yeah, that would be a, a much better matchup for this team. Yeah, Boston is one. Philly is 49 and 31. So they could still switch. Um, just like we can still, like, to get fifth, we have to beat the Hornets tonight and then we have to beat the Timberwolves. The Raptors would have to lose to Houston and the Knicks, which I don't think is going to happen. So we likely stay at six. Yeah. Right now it's Boston at who we would play. But they're only like, I think it's like a game or a half a game in front of Philly. But haven't we had more success versus Boston this year against Philly? Because I don't, we haven't won yeah. against Philly this year. Yeah, we 
we've beaten Boston. We have not beaten uh, Philly. We, we we have not beaten Philly since they've played Joel Embiid. Yeah. See, I, I kind of like our chances there. On the flip side, we have never won a series against Boston. Really? Yeah. Never won a playoff series against Boston. Wow. Okay. Did not know that. Um, the three alphas were close until Rondo got hurt. I did not know that. Um, yeah, like Jordan. I think the only time we played Boston is like early in his career, and they had Bird and McHale and all those guys. Um, though the the championship Boston teams rose. Uh, I think it was that overtime game and that series where we tied it and Boston still ended up winning that series. So, yeah, we've never beat Boston in the playoff series. Interesting. Well, let's see. Boston, who do they, who do they still have to play? Um. Well, the Sixers play Indiana tomorrow. Boston's next game is against the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the Sixers. Okay. Yeah, it's a chance that we still play Philly, even if we stay at six. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, no, like this. I, I don't know about you. I, it's been a long time. I, I can't even remember the last time the East has been this loaded. I, I, in my lifetime, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen the East as loaded as it is this year. No, I, I, I don't think so. So I mean, either way, this is going to be. It's going to be pretty interesting um, seeing how this whole entire thing shakes out. Thank goodness that they scheduled things the way they did um, because this is like just provided a, a lot more hype to this than I don't think that anybody could possibly have seen. And, um, you know, much better for us viewers, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Even like with the play-ins, um, I think what is the play-in is I think it's the Nets and the Cavaliers for that seventh seed. Is it? Yeah, it, it's it's Cleveland seven, um, Brooklyn is eight. So the winner. Of that series plays Milwaukee in the first round. Wow. Then the other, the nine and 10 is the Hawks and Hornets. The winner plays the loser of Cleveland and um, the Nets. And whoever wins between them gets the heat in the first round. <laughs> Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be something. That's all I can say. It's gonna be something. 
to watch. But a lot of good things to look forward to. Um, and yeah, again, opportunity. Like, this is what the Bulls have in front of them. It's, to- it's a brand new year. I know that a lot of people were um, coming down on coming down on um, Donovan, too, for, you know, some of his decisions late. I don't know if Donovan is just, like, trying to tinker with things as of right now because he sees how things are going to be moving forward. Um, There have been some questionable decisions that I've seen, but, you know, again, I'm not going to, like, just say that he totally doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an, it's going to be a new year for everybody heading in and it's going to, it's just going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out and, and what direction they're going to be moving as they wind down into going into the playoffs. Yeah. I've I've seen people like fire Billy Donovan. Why? (laughs) I mean, I don't agree with his, some of his rotations sometimes, but. It's his first year here, and he coached his team into the sixth spot of the playoffs. The yes. Team which held, like, the number one seed most of the year to all the injuries and stuff sit in. Well, my thoughts are, okay, uh, get rid – like, if you – if you if we all really hate what Donovan is doing, give me the players that on that team that you would like to see more time out of who isn't getting more time. Because, you know, I a lot of people were saying, oh, bench Kobe. It's like, okay. Well, so who do you want getting those minutes? Man, I've seen somebody say, play um, <laughs> Troy Brown Jr. if Kobe's not going to be hitting his shots. Play Matt Thomas. Uh, there were a couple of times, and I'll, I'll, I will readily admit, if you go back, you will see that I was like, okay, get Troy Brown Jr. in there. Uh, yeah, maybe for a game, you know, if 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 uh, White isn't giving you anything on offense and he's getting beat on defense, you know, maybe shaking things up and just seeing what Troy Brown can give you for a game uh, or for some minutes in general, because yeah. if Kobe was wasting those minutes. Well, yeah. OK, get somebody else in there who could possibly get us a win. But like for the foreseeable future, like who on that roster do you want to see more of? Um, Marco, <laughs> you know, do, do you want us to, to grab a guy out of the G League and, and you know, just get rid of Kobe? Just, you know, take him off your playoff roster? It doesn't make any sense. No, I, no, I wanted to see how Marco did against, you know, NBA competition just because he did not get any <laughs> real minutes at all this season. Like just just throw him out there when you know, like the last game against Boston, we were getting blown out and um, like seven minutes into the with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, Billy's like benching Zach and Demar and Vooch. He could have gave Marco some minutes there just because. Yeah, that's true. You know we're not going to win this game, but it's still seven minutes left. He did great in the G League. Let's just see how he does right now. This game's already out of reach. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. Um, but, like, 
anything else like i mean i I suppose (laughs) if you were like oh hey i want to um you know i want to see how marco does and you know maybe take off some minutes from tristan tom thompson I, i don't know about you but thompson has been kind of a disappointment to me like um there were just times where i was like i remember him playing much bigger and being more aggressive on the in the rebounding department um and that that might just be optics from me looking on the outside looking in because i don't like thompson that much (laughs) as a person um but yeah i just looking at thompson i was like it was bradley playing that terrible that he's not getting any minutes yeah he was (laughs) But like no minutes, and that no, not with Thompson there. Um, certainly Thompson's not as good as he once was. He's a little bit older. Um, I think Bradley's pretty young, so he can still get better. Um, I don't, I don't know. I I just I didn't expect much from Thompson. Um being that he's coming on off of a, a buyout market. Um, like, I think from, what, the Kings to Indiana, and then Indiana dropped him. Yeah, he so was definitely he, somebody that uh, teams weren't, like, you know, trying to, like, just, you know, get his services. But, like, just no minutes whatsoever uh, where, you're, where you need some rebounding or – just the presence there, um, there were, like, maybe he wasn't playing the world's greatest, but there were times throughout the year where I was like, when Booch stepped off of the court and Thompson was there, he did provide some type of presence when it came to blocking shots and rebounding. It was, it was just kind of odd to me to see that he just – he was playing – sparingly but you know i thought that the minutes that he was playing he wasn't really that bad but to just go from that to just like totally off of the the radar and not getting any real minutes it was just that's just one of those moves where i was like okay um i don't fully understand that but you know whatever yeah i mean he wasn't terrible in like all of his minutes he had some decent games um but you gotta remember, he he lost his spot as the backup center to Derrick Jones Jr. before you know the before he broke his finger, and then we got Thompson, and you saw Derrick Jones Jr. didn't get any more minutes once we got Pete Will back. But now the last few games, you put um, Jones Jr. in for a few minutes, so Bradley's not getting in. Because now you've got Booch and Tristan, and then I guess if the lineup um, allows it, then you got Dirk Jones Jr. going in as a backup center. And Billy has said he wanted to look a little bit more um, Jones Jr. as the small ball center. Yeah, I don't mind that because of the athleticism that uh, Dirk Jones Jr. has. And he plays with aggression. Like, 
it might not be the the best type of aggression all the time, but if you have a player who is going to attack every single time that he's in there, not afraid to shoot the three, like a big part of knocking down like those three point shots when you're open is just confidence. Like if you are confidently shooting those three point shots, even if you're an ugly shooter, if you're shooting it confidently, you know, your chances of, of making it in go up exponentially as opposed to you just taking it and having absolutely no confidence that you're going to knock down the shot whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I look at him being on there and I don't mind that because of the athleticism that he has on this team. And this Bulls team could use his like an influx of athleticism at times on the court, because there are just many times where even like from a, just from a size standpoint, they're overmatched, but just from a pure athleticism standpoint with Zach being hobbled and you don't have ball in there like you want to in Caruso that they don't match up with other teams athleticism. So I don't mind that. I don't mind seeing that look at all. And he plays bigger than what he is. Exactly. It's, it's crazy because he's 6'6". Six, six. He's the same height as Zach. And he's out there playing the center. Exactly. And I like those guys who play bigger than what they are. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got Mellow Ball on the Hornets tonight. Yeah. Uh, last home game of the regular season. Um, Zach, like I said, Zach is playing. Um, I, I take it that they are at least trying to get these. Uh, well, I don't know if he sits out against Minnesota, but they're at least trying to get one more last home win. It's kind of get some momentum going into the playoffs, I would think. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I understand Zach playing a little bit. I just, I don't understand like, what do we get from him seeing extended minutes? Like, if anything, I would think that Zach would just, you just sit him down and be like, we just want you to get as rested as possible. But again, I don't know what is the turnaround from when the season ends to when the. Um, playoffs actually start i'd have to look at that but um oh it's a week between um the play-ins and the playoffs so they're off the whole next week okay so yeah i mean i guess i mean there, there there has to be a method to his madness um so we'll we'll see what happens moving forward yeah um Okay, yeah, they're they're definitely going to try to go out and get this last home game before the playoffs start. Um, because if he sits the last game, maybe he doesn't. You know, if Zach feels like he can play. He, we all know he's going to play. Yeah, and I, I I actually, while I I say you know I know what I just said earlier about like not seeing the value, but I do admire his spirit. You know, if Zach is 
even like just 50%, he's going to want to lace it up and just go out there and compete. And a 50% Zach is better than anything else that we have at the shooting guard um, position right now with the way Kobe is struggling. So I guess we, we take what we can get. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so right now it is looking like the Bulls will play the Celtics in the first round. The Raptors will play the Sixers. Um, hopefully, we can we can beat Boston for the first time in the playoffs. That would be special, like especially given what the kind of trash comments that this team received before the the uh, year started. Um, if they were able to do something like that that would be truly special. Like that is something that, you know, you did something that Jordan couldn't do when he was here. So, you know, um, not saying it's on the level of winning a championship, but if you needed something to catapult you into next year, that is definitely something that would help. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah. I mean, that would give a big push. Um I think who would they played the second round. I think it would be the winner of Philly and Toronto if they got past the Celtics. And see, okay, so if they got in and, and Toronto won, then see that's an interesting thing because in in any sport, it's all about the matchups. Um, I think that that Toronto team actually matches up against Philly better than. Um, we do, but yeah. we match up against Toronto much better. <laughs> but I mean, it's weird yeah. how that works. Yeah, it's a yeah. We, I mean, this should be a this should be a great playoffs. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So it's it's going to be exciting. No, no matter how you slice it, but I, I, I can't wait for it to start. Um, and I think that Bulls team, this Bulls um, team and the uh, fans, you know, they deserve this, uh, especially with everything that they've gone through the past, you know, f- not few years, but it's, it's just been a while. Uh, what are we talking about? Um, what, 2017? Am yeah. I wrong? Yep, four-year playoff drug. Yeah. And it's not just been a drought. It's just been like I could easily see if they didn't have Zach Levine on this team and let's say that they had traded and, and gotten um, uh, what's that other player? He's now on the on the the Warriors team, um, Andrew Wiggins. Like, could you imagine if like Wiggins was included in that trade and Zach Levine wasn't like how much longer this playoff uh, drought would have lasted. Uh, we would be in another rebuild, right? <laughs> yes. And Wiggins probably isn't even on the team. Like right. that's, that's the crazy thing. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's been a while and it seemed like something that was never going to end, but um you know, they got things turned in the right direction. And, you know, we have a first-round draft pick next year. Yep. So, 
a lot of good things on the horizon for this team. And still has the protective purse from Portland. Um, hope they get into the playoffs next year <laughs> so we can get that pick. Since I don't think we have a pick in 2023, so that pick would come in handy if we could get it that year. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah, you, uh, you want to give any final thoughts? Uh, just, again, opportunities. I mean, we know what Zach and, and Damar are capable of because of, you know, the what we've seen them accomplish in their, their careers. Um, and I think people are forgetting that this is like one of the top scoring duos in the league. So it's even with uh, Zach being um, slightly unhealthy, it's still going to be interesting watching what these two dynamic players can do. And it's going to be interesting watching um, Patrick Williams, seeing if he can like take the reins and, and take a significant jump in his development process. So I think that everybody should um, just buckle up and get ready. Yeah. I said, um, playoffs for the first time in four years um this season was nothing to like push to the side uh we're gonna win over games over what we won the last year and that's an amazing turnaround and you're getting into the playoffs you're getting experience you know this team is not a complete team because there are still going to be tweaks there's still going to be um, to be made to this team and how we can make this team better, finding the areas of their weakness and attacking that, you know, getting more three-point shooters and more three and D guys. Um, you know, AK said that they are not going to settle for mediocrity. And I truly believe that he met that when he said it and that he's going to try his best to get this team where we all want to see it with another championship. So this is just the beginning and the first stepping stone to the ultimate goal of the championship. Exactly. Um, I like it when like other people are like, well, how would you like it if you face, you know, that kind of pressure in your normal um, everyday job. And I'm like, well, I do face that pressure (laughs) in my everyday job. Like being a teacher, like there's no such thing as like you are granted tenure or anything like that in the school system. It's a prove it or lose it deal. And even if you do go out there and have good numbers, there's still a a chance that you could get let go. Um, But having that, kind of in place helped me to always be on my game. And we are talking about competitive sports. You should want that in your locker room where there's that edge where you know you have to get better because if you don't, there's somebody on that roster who could take your spot. And if you don't claim it back and you're deemed that you're not part of the future, that you can easily be moved. Um, that is the type of edge that any professional organization should have within their locker room. 
And it is great seeing that, um, you know, iron sharpens iron. So just having DeMar and Zach, I, I know that that dynamic is going to make those guys better moving forward. With Ball coming back, um, knowing that, you know, I, there are other guards on this team who are having pretty solid years or, you know, having an exceptional rookie year, uh, just providing that edge for him too, knowing that, hey, you got to do what you need to do to not only rehab, but make sure you're improving your game. Um, I think they've done a solid job of, of upping the competitive spirit of the team. So it's not all doom and gloom as the media would like for you to believe with what's going on with this Bulls team. Definitely. Um, no, no, all, all teams like struggle at different points of the season. Just because, you know, we were kind of struggling after the All-Star break. I mean, like I said, we're missing Lonzo Ball, and he's a very key component. Um, Caruso's not healthy. He's sitting out because of his back. Uh, he hasn't looked at, like himself since he came back from his injury. Zach's hobbled. I mean, it, it, it's so many elements into this. It's not just like, oh, we were good, and now we're not good. No, everybody goes through a struggle. It's how you get through that struggle is how, what builds the team's character and what defines you. Like Billy said, we're better than what we've been playing lately. And, you know, going into the playoffs, we have a chance to prove like, hey, yeah, we kind of struggled in that second half, but we're here now in the playoffs. We're zero zero. So let's go out there and let's make some noise. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you want to tell the people where they can follow you? Um, at he said what sports? And you can follow me at Young Jordan. Um, if you haven't joined the Chicago Bulls Discord, do that. You know, we're going to be chatting during the game, game chat tonight against the Hornets. Yeah, I'll and- try to tone it down. Uh- <laughs> I was thinking about some of my comments and like people's reactions, and I was like, "Oh, that that escalated kind of quickly." So. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was watching uh, what what was the name of the Anchorman, <laughs> where they're getting into the fight and they like had that <laughs> recap, and they're like, "Did you take out a trident?" <laughs> it was like you just came in and you just put a bomb in the middle of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all in fun all in fun but now that i know how to actually work the actual app oh my gosh how long have when when did you introduce discord to me um it was during the off season that's when it started oh man and like i'm pressing on so i don't even know what i was pressing on but um I was like, where are these messages going to? Like, I don't see anybody responding or, you know, I was probably sending messages to myself and not even moving <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, I'm not, not tech savvy whatsoever. At least I am showing that I'm not tech savvy. Maybe I thought I was, I don't know. 
but uh yeah it was it was all fun um and it wasn't anything that was you know like it wasn't poisonous <laughs> poisonous talk that we were we were using it was just all in good fun so um any bulls fans that saw anything that i wrote on there don't hold it against me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah come, come to the discord um <laughs> yeah game chats uh that was going to be chat being chat during the playoffs uh bulls are always you know getting doing giveaways uh announcements for the giveaways they do in the bulls app and things like that so it's a great place to be if you're a Bulls fan because you're connected to the team and they do comment and you know communicate with the people. Exactly. But yeah, until the next time, go Bulls. Tennis game over, the horn blows. Oh.